Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. And we're continuing our series that we started a few weeks back, uh, titled, Lord Help Us, Lord Help Us. We're looking at some different prayers uh, from the books of First, Second, First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles. Uh, prayers that were offered up to God for various reasons that God heard and God answered. And this morning, the title of this message is The Prayer of a Righteous Man. The Prayer of a Righteous Man. You know in the book of James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It availeth much. Now, he was talking about Elijah. Of course, if you read the rest of that passage in James, you'll see him referring to him calling down rain. But before he called down rain, he asked God to show himself great. And that's what we find in this passage here this morning. And so today, I want to talk about the prayer of a righteous man. And what we can learn from this prayer as we live for God today. Now, what we find in this passage was a contest. Uh, basically, a battle between the false god of Baal, and the true god, Lord Jehovah of Israel. And this battle included the servant of Elijah, but also the false prophets of Baal. Which, by the way, Elijah was greatly outnumbered. And what we find in this battle is that Elijah was obviously not only a man of prayer, but he was a righteous man. And he's looking to God for help. Basically, he's asking God to show himself great. To show himself great. He wanted God to do something great on his behalf. How many of you want God to show himself great in your life? I do. I want God to show himself great in my family and and in this church. And we have to ask God to do that. And that's what Elijah did. He wanted God to show himself to these people. So that they would not only realize that he was God, but that they would look to him as God and they would serve him as God. And so this morning, let's see what we can learn from this powerful prayer. The powerful prayer of this righteous man. Uh, I'll read here chapter 18 again, verses 36 and 37. It says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near. And he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant, that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. This morning, I just want to give you seven. Yeah, seven. Seven. I'll go through them quick. Seven thoughts on this prayer. All right? Seven. Notice it was a short prayer. A short prayer. Only two sentences. That's all this was. Now, it's not the shortest prayer recorded in the Bible, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. You know, in comparison to what the worldly prophets did, in comparison to their prayer, this is extremely short. The Bible tells us that they prayed all day. They prayed all day long. A lot more than two sentences, by the way. They started in the morning, went up to midday, Elijah mocked, and they continued to pray unto their false gods. At least five to six hours in prayer is what they spent. So this tells us this morning, it's not how long you pray. All right? It's whom you're praying to. And that's the difference. Now, this is not to discourage you from 
taking all your cares and concerns to God. This just reminds us that the power is in God, not in people. And so it was a short prayer. This might be a short message. I don't know. Seven points. We'll find out. Number two, it was a simple prayer. A simple prayer. When you read the the prayer there, it's so simple a child could understand it. Someone who has a, a basic grasp of language, and in our case the English language, could read this and understand the prayer. See, he, he prayed with what we'd call everyday words, ordinary language. Uh, the words were basic, simple, and understandable. What we find is Elijah was not interested in attention or applause from the people. Now, this was a public prayer, by the way. They could hear what he's saying. And he wasn't interested in hearing any of them say, Hey, did you hear that prayer? You know, when I think all was said and done, I don't think anybody really thought too much about the prayer that day. They were thinking about the fire that showed up. The work of God. You see, he wasn't interested in getting people to think about his prayer or his words. He wanted them to know about God. You know, that's how our prayer should be. Our prayer should not be prayers that are said to impress God because we can't impress God in other words just talk to God just talk to the Lord now obviously we should have respect for God and reverence but take your concerns to God let him hear your concerns and talk to him as you would your heavenly father you know I had a great relationship with my dad here on earth he's with the Lord now but while here on earth I had a great relationship with him and we could talk and we did talk about a lot of things through life. And you know, I always felt comfortable just going and talking with him. And I stopped to think about it. I didn't try to impress him with my words. Maybe when I was a kid I did, but when I was older I didn't try to impress him with anything. We just talked. You see, prayer is talking. Just talk to God. And that's what this righteous man did. He talked to God. I want to challenge each of you to talk to God. Just pray to him. Start your day with God. Talk to him in the middle of your day. Talk to him at the end of your day. And when everything, anything comes up, talk to the Lord. Just talk to him. It doesn't have to be any fancy words. It doesn't have to be in a, an incredible location. It can be wherever you are. Just talk to God. Number three. Notice this was what we would call a specific prayer. Let's go back to this verse here. Let's, let's look at what the passage tells us. He says here, in verse, we're in verse 36. He says, Let it be known this day that thou art God. Let it be known this day that thou art God. That was it. Now, of course, he's asking God to burn. He's asking God to bring fire down. But it was specific. He says, let the people see you today, God. Let them know that you're alive. Let them know that you're real. Now, he's asking for this in the fire. That's what he's asking for. That, that he would, they would see this when he consumed the sacrifice that was already drenched, by the way, water overflowing. You see, what we find is a specific prayer, specific prayer. You know, this morning, I want to encourage you to be specific. Be specific when you take your prayers to God. Turn to me, if you would, over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And let's look here at Philippians chapter 4. And verses 6 and 7 is what we're going to look at. It says here in verse 6, Philippians chapter 4, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds 
through Christ Jesus. Notice what he says here. He says, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, talk to God and take your requests to Him. Uh, I have a few thoughts I want to share with you on this. Here's the first one. Uh, If you're not specific in answering or asking for something, uh, we shouldn't be surprised if we don't receive what we're asking for. And I have found in life that, generally speaking, when I wasn't specific, when talking, let's say, to my parents, I'll use that as an example, when I wasn't specific, there were two reasons why. Uh, One reason was because I maybe just really didn't want it. It's just impulse. Hey, can I have this? And I wasn't very specific. Uh, you know the, the other reason? I was asking for something I said that I wasn't sure if I should have. Let me give you an example. I remember we there would be times I you know, ask my dad, hey, can I go over there? And you go, over where? Oh, just over there. Well, where's that? And then when I get specific, you go, ah, no, not today. Or not now. Well, I probably knew the answer already. I was just trying to see if he'd let me go over there. Sometimes we can be that way in our prayers. See, God wants us to be specific. And let me give you some thoughts on being specific. Maybe you need help with a test. Maybe we have some students here who need help with a test. Ask for help with that specific test. If it's math, ask for help with that math test. If it's English, ask God to give you wisdom in English. Or if it's a, a test on science, ask God for specific help on that test. You see, God can give you the wisdom. So that way you can pass that test. Uh, How about another example? How about a sickness? You know, we're living in a world where we have a new sickness with COVID. If you get it, ask God specifically to help you with that. Say, Lord, help me through this COVID so I can recover. Or help me with this illness or with that illness. See, let's be specific in our prayer requests. Uh, How about if you have a decision to make? Lord, help me with this decision here. Maybe it's at work. Lord, help me to make a decision so I do right. Or, Lord, should I move or not move? Help me with this decision. Be specific in your prayer request. And I believe if you're specific with your prayer request, you're going to get an answer. God's going to hear those. God's going to answer. We find here that's the prayer of a righteous man. He was very specific in what he wanted. Here's, here's the fourth one. He was selfless. Let's go back to our passage here. Let's go back to our passage. There, there are two reasons why he wanted this prayer answered. First one is, we find it in verse 36 here. He says, uh, Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. And then verse 37, he says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. So here's his reasoning for asking this prayer. First, for God's glory. For God's glory. He wanted God to be glorified in this. Not His glory. Not that He'd be exalted and everyone would be running around saying, Look at Elijah, how great he is. Look at a wonderful prayer he had or a wonderful thing that he did. No. He was a servant of God. And he makes that clear here. This is humility. He's saying, Lord, I'm just but your servant. I want everyone to know I serve a great God. Is what I want everyone to know. And that's why he asked this prayer. You know, this morning, that should be our desire. Everyone knows that we serve a great God. Everyone knows that the reason why we get through some of these difficult days is because God gives us the strength. God is the one who's been a blessing to us. That God is glorified. And that, that's what we find in his prayer. That God would be exalted. That God would be known. So here's a question for you. Do you pray for God's glory? Think about that for a moment. 
When you pray and ask for something, do you ask that God be glorified in it? That's a good test of prayer. We should ask God be glorified in all things that we do. What we find here is he was asking for God's glory. And then second, notice he says, for the people. That they would recognize that he was God. And that they would turn to the Lord. You see, he had challenged them already. Verse, uh, we go back in the chapter, if you'll notice in verse 21. It says here, this is 1 Kings 18. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. See, what we find is the people knew better. But they had been introduced to idolatry. They were following this false god, Baal. And Elijah comes to them and says, Hey, you need to make a decision. How long are you going to just sit there between two? You need to decide if you're going to follow this false god, or if you're going to follow the real god. And if God be real, then you better follow him. And so that was the challenge he gave to them. That's the challenge we each need to consider in our hearts. Who are we following? Who are we serving? Who are we honoring? Who are we glorifying? Are we honoring God? Are we glorifying the Lord? And then later, when he had his prayer, he said, God, show yourself great. So these people will, will see you and turn to you. What a wonderful prayer that is. He didn't say, show yourself great so I can get a promotion and everyone can exalt me and uh, say how wonderful I am. He said, no, Lord, please, please let these people see how good you are. Please let these people see your greatness. You know, this morning, that's the kind of prayers we need. That's the kind of prayers I want to encourage you to, to offer up to God. Maybe it's with your family. You say, Lord, work in my life so my family sees how great you are. You know, it's difficult to witness to family, is it not? It's difficult to tell close friends about Christ because you don't want to lose their friendship. And maybe you can make that prayer. Say, God, show yourself great in my life so people will see it. My family will see it. And I can just share with them how good you are. And they can turn to you and trust in you as I have trusted in you. See, that's an example of how we can pray for God's glory and how God can work in our life as Elijah prayed for not only God's glory, but for the people as well. Next, let's look at this one. It was a spiritual prayer. A spiritual prayer. You say, well, some people say, well, that's a given. Well, not necessarily. You know, you read the Bible, there are a lot of unspiritual prayers. We Here in this passage, there is a whole day filled with unspiritual prayers. Prayers being offered up to the false god of Baal. Now, let me point out something here. I don't, or I would never question the motive of people. I don't know hearts. I don't know what drives people. And I don't know their motive. Let me give you an example. These people, when I see people, the prophets of Baal, they thought they were doing right. They had the right, what you would call, they prayed. They were sincere in their prayers. They, they prayed all day. They even demonstrated. They even began to cut themselves. They're trying to get the attention of their false god. There was no answer. But you cannot say they weren't sincere because they were. The problem was they were sincerely wrong. That's the problem. You see, their prayers were not spiritual prayers. They were prayers being offered up to a false god. You know, you could pray all day, but if you're not praying to God Almighty, the Lord God of the Bible, your prayers are going to be just like this. They're going to fall on deaf ears. They're not going to be answered. So we need what we would call spiritual prayers. Prayers that are heard. Prayers that are offered up to God. Now let's start here with this. First, there were no worldly methods involved in his prayer. 
You notice what we find with the false prophets of Baal? They put on a show, a big show. They danced, uh, they chanted, they sang, they began to cut themselves, all sorts of demonstrations. You know what we find? We find a lot of movement and a lot of activity, but nothing got done. There was no answer. Several times in this passage we, we, we find that. It was quiet. No answer from heaven. Elijah sitting back at one point, he mocked him. You see, what we find is the movement and the activity in itself wasn't appealing or appeasing to God. And that reminds us here, okay, we have to talk to God. We need to go to God in prayer. You know, that's the problem today, I think, in our country. There's a lot of religion in our country, without a doubt. You find a church on every corner, no matter what city you're in. There's a lot of religion, but there's uh, not much fire from heaven, is there? We don't see a whole lot of revival taking place in our country right now. We do see a lot of sin, and we see a lot of religion. What we need, and we need God. We need God to work. And we as righteous people need to ask God to get involved. Ask God to show Himself great in our lives. Ask God to, in a sense, send a fire down from heaven and let people see His goodness and His greatness. And so what we find in this passage here is He didn't use those worldly methods. You know what He did? He just talked to God. He just talked to the Lord. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. Talk to God. Take your cares to God. Take your concerns to the Lord and just talk with Him. Uh, The second thing we notice here, notice what He says. Let's go back to chapter 18. And verse 32 says, or excuse me, verse 36. He says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering, He says, uh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. That's important as far as being a spiritual prayer. You know what we find here? We find an obedient man to God. He says, God, I'm offering up this prayer to you, and I'm doing it not only to obviously have it answered (coughs) excuse me but he's saying God I'm doing it at your word obviously the Lord's directing him and obviously he's following (coughs) excuse me Here's here's basically what he's saying he's saying God I have done what you asked I have done as you taught I have done as you have directed Will you please answer my prayer? Will you please answer this request? You see, Elijah obeyed God's word, so he expected an answer. He obeyed the Lord, and he expected God to honor that obedience. Now, herein lies the key, loved ones. Let me just share this with you. Herein lies the key to the prayer of a righteous man. If you want to find the key to prayer, or the power to prayer, I think it's right here. It's obedience to God. It's obedience to the Lord. It's not the words we use. It's not the place we pray. It's our obedience to God. Doing all things according to what He has said. And let me me, uh, apply this this morning. How about a sinner seeking salvation? I hope everyone here is saved. You say, well, what is salvation? Salvation is being saved from sin. 
And I hope you're saved. But let me give you something to think about if you're here and you're not saved. If you're going to be saved, you have to come according to God's word. According to God's way. Not your own way. Not what you think is best. You have to come according to God's word. Let's go over to Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 through 13. Romans chapter 10. And verse 9, he says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that? I believe that. See, salvation is taking God at His word. And accepting Him the way He has determined. Not the way we determine, but the way He's determined. Which is, He sent His Son to die on the cross. We're to believe on Him for salvation. Receive Him into our heart. In other words, that's where the faith comes in. We receive Christ as Savior. You see, what it amounts to is when you take God at His word, you can expect God to bless. And when a sinner prays in their own words from their heart, uh, by the way, not a, a word where someone else says, here, pray this. No, you have to pray from your heart. Now, you may get some ideas and someone may tell you some things to say, but it comes down to between you and God. And you receive Christ in your heart. Now, when you do that, you're saved. The Bible says you're saved. Now, when I was saved, I didn't get a certificate from God. I didn't get an email from the Lord. I didn't get a text message. Well, I'm a little older, so they weren't texting back then. But I didn't receive anything in the mail saying I was saved. But I believe I'm saved based upon God's word. Because I did what he asked. Just like Elijah saying, Lord, I did what you asked. Will you please hear and answer my prayer? Now, let's apply this to those who are saved. Say you're saved. And you're living today for the Lord and you're walking with God. Well, when you take requests unto God, we must make sure we're obedient to God. We must make sure that we are walking with God. For example, I'll give you an example. You can't expect to tear someone down. By the way, we can use our words sharply, can't we, if we're not careful? You can't expect just to tear someone down and then turn around and use those same words to ask God to hear a prayer and expect Him to answer it. How can we say, God, I'm obedient unto you? You know, the Bible says we should love one another. You see, here's another example of that. We can't expect to go use our hands in sin or our feet in sin or our body in sin in some sort and then expect God to hear our prayer and answer it. We must say, Lord, I have done as you have said. Will you please hear my prayer? See, that's the key to the prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman is obeying God and then asking God. Let me give you one more example. How about a church? As a church, we can't ask God to fill this church up if we're not doing the things the way God wants us to do them. We've got to make sure that we are maintaining God's Word, preaching it, teaching it, and following God's Word. Then ask God for blessings, for revival. 
Folks, what it amounts to is just obedience. See, that's a spiritual prayer. It comes from an obedient heart. So let's apply that. Let's make sure we're walking with God. And then take our requests to Him. And you can pray like Elijah did. Now, you may not be praying from fire, but you may say, Lord, I've done what you've asked. Here's my request. And then wait upon God. Next, uh, we have a strong prayer. You say, strong prayer, yes, uh, it was a strong prayer. Two ways it was strong. First, it was bold. Think of how bold this is. You know, I've never thought about asking something like this from God. Maybe it's because my faith is weak. But think about this. He has the, the, the altar there drenched with water. And he's not asking the Lord to help him light it, which would be difficult enough. You know, say he had a match or something, he was going to go light it. He's not asking God to help him. He's asking God to send fire miraculously from heaven. This was a very bold prayer. But you know what? He served a great God. That's why he made this prayer. Sometimes I think our prayers are limited only by how much we limited God. Does that make sense? We don't ask God for great things because we don't think he can do these great things. Now we might not say it, but we limit God when we don't ask those things. You know, if you've got a problem in your life or something you're dealing with, ask God for help. You got something you need, ask God for it. God is great. God is mighty. And, and in this case, we find this being a very bold prayer. But also, I think we find strong faith here with Elijah. He believed God would answer. Now, let's get a picture of this. He went to Ahab, folks. Okay? They didn't, they didn't go capture him. He went in. And he arrives. And he's the one who challenges the false prophets of Baal to a contest. 450 of them. There were more around. Those are just the ones that were there. He's all by himself. He's the one who says, let's do this. My God's great. What do you think would have happened to him had he lost? Yeah, his life would have ended quickly. And that's what they were expecting. You talk about faith. Faith. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting God. Now, it's not being reckless. God's leading him, by the way. He says, I've done this all according to your word. God's the one who told him to go find Ahab. God's the one who directed him. You know what he's doing? He's following God and he's living by faith. So this morning, the thought here is trust God as he leads your life. And then make those requests known unto the Lord. Be bold. Because God's great. Ask him great things and believe that he's going to hear and that he's going to answer your prayers. You know, James chapter 1. I'll read one passage here. James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. James chapter 1, it says in verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But here's the key, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Basically, he's saying, if you're going to ask things from God, you're going to have to have faith. Believe he's going to answer. Trust that he's going to hear that prayer and he's going to answer your prayer. And so what we find is the key is faith. Just asking God and believing God. Let me illustrate this in a way this morning that I hope will just really get us to think about this. You know, I've been asking the church to pray for revival. 
pray that God will add to this church. What do you think is more difficult? For God to send fire or for God to put people in the pews here? Think about it. I think God can do either one. Because God's great. God sent fire when Elijah asked. How about we ask God to send people here and believe He will? Believe. See, that's a key faith. Believe He will. And then let's do it the way Elijah did it. Say, God, do it. Not so we can brag about how our church is. So we can boast about you, God. So we can say, look how good God is. Look what God has done here at this church. Look what God has done. He has saved souls. He's changed lives. He's given people hope. God, look. Let this city see how great you are. That's my prayer. That people will see how great God is through this church and through us. And I believe He will. I believe He's going to do it. And let's make that our prayer as a church. And then obviously, why did He do it? Why did Elijah pray? So that the people would be turned to God. Let's pray that God will show Himself great so more people would turn to Him. I tell you right now, that's the need of this country today. Well, we don't need more education. And I'm not against education. We have a lot of education, by the way. We have a lot of educated sinners is what we have. What we need is we need God in people's hearts is what we need. And let's ask Him to do that. Let's ask Him to show Himself great in this church so people will say, Wow, look what God's doing. I need Him in my life. And they'll turn to God. See, that's the goal here. That's the prayer. That was the prayer of Elijah. Let's make that our prayer today. My final thought in closing, it was a sufficient prayer. Sufficient. God answered this prayer. God answered. See, after a day of nothing, they had a big show, had all sorts of things going on, demonstrations. And then Elijah gets everything ready. And he prays to God. And suddenly, boom, fire comes. I don't know how loud it was. But I can tell you this, I'm sure the heat was felt. Uh, Imagine those sitting close by. You know, I'm sure a lot of those people were skeptics that day. I think Elijah's probably the only one that believed. Nobody else believed it could be done. Don't you think everyone sitting in that front row jumped back? I'd be jumping back. They maybe even felt it. Who knows? Maybe some hair was singed when that fire came down. It said it consumed everything. It had to have been extremely hot. You know, I've seen fire before, that burn pile fire. It doesn't consume the rocks, by the way. The rocks are still there. We have rocks in our property. We burn the trees and the rocks are still there afterwards. This consumed everything. It had to be a hot fire. And it consumed it quickly. What an impression was made on that day. You know, the impression was so great. Notice the people did? They turned to God. You see, God showed Himself great. And the people turned to Him. Let's pray that God will show Himself great. In closing this morning, Elijah believed that the Lord was great. And he wanted his greatness, God's greatness, to be seen by everyone else. So is that what you want? Do you believe God's great? And do you want him to be seen by others? Do you want God to show himself great in your life, in your family? How about this church? Uh, If so, let's ask him. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. 
Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.